Welcome to the New Life Podcast. Here we want you to experience the grace of God. So through this sermon, we hope to come alongside you as you grow in your relationship with Jesus. To learn more about New Life, please visit our website at newlifeonline.org. Here's today's message. Well, good morning, New Life Church. My name's David Lloyd. I'm the uh, elder here, and I also uh, help serve in uh, uh, student life on Wednesday nights. And so Brian and Cody, they're over at the Washington campus this morning for their final service. And so you guys get me. I'm super excited to be here before you. Hey, all right. Thank you. I appreciate that. And so last week, Brian talked about uh, going out in pairs where the, uh, the disciples, Jesus sent out the uh, pair of disciples in twos. And he talked about the disciples were going out because they were filling their gaps right? They were, they were stretching into something unknown. And the timing is perfect because guess what? I have never done this before. And so it is me stepping into the unknown, but I am excited and nervous. My wife would say I've been a nervous wreck for the last week. She's like, hey, we should do this stuff. And I'm like, oh, I can't hear it. I got one thing to worry about. So we, we can't do anything. <laughs> so that's a true story. <laughs> So, but I, I do want to touch on how I'm feeling in this moment. And so I've got a, a picture of uh, Peter here. And so this is, this is The Chosen, if you guys have any, seen any of these series like this. And so in this instance, Peter first meets Jesus. He's in the boat. He's looking. He sees Jesus come to him. And he says Jesus wants, to, wants him to follow him. And Peter in all seriousness, falls on the ground, starts crying, and he says, pretty much, you got the wrong guy. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the guy you're looking for. I'm, I am a, I'm a sinner. You can see some of that screen behind the red line is, you don't know who I am and the things that I've done. And so this can be all of us when we're trying to step into something brand new. And this is me today, but it is totally okay because right after this scene, Jesus picks him up and says, hey, I don't, I don't care about that. I just want you to follow me no matter where you're at in your life at the moment. He does the same for me this morning. He's going to pick me up into this, and I have joy in that. And so once we start stepping into what God has planned for us, to me, that is the real meaning of life here on earth. And you can have happiness in it. And so my foundation, uh, my mom's here today, so I appreciate her being here today. But uh, my foundation started off with her, and I grew up Lutheran. We went to church every, every Sunday, and she got me some books here that I thought was, these are the only four books I have left from my childhood. And so it might be only these four that she got, she probably got me a bunch more. But these are the only four, I wanted to show you these. And so the first one is the boy who gave away his lunch. And if any of you guys know, my lesson today is feeding the 5,000. If you ever wondered where the food came from, it came from the littlest boy lunch. And I love the idea of grabbing a different perspective. So like when I read scripture, I like to like go all around and look at the different perspectives that are there. And so this one, and we noticed it this week, Kirk helped with this, is that there's a, there's a goose standing there, and if the goose knows that they got to come up with food for 5,000 people, I would be really nervous in that moment. 
really, really nervous. <laughs> that duck is thinking, ah, I don't know, am I next? So luckily, I, they didn't say anything about goose in there, so I'm assuming the goose was fine. The uh, Good Samaritan was good for my, um, my structure and how I grew up. And so the Good Samaritan was treat everybody the same, right, no matter where they're at, and help people up. And so that, that was big for me, and that's what I kind of grew up with. Uh, the boy who ran away, the prodigal son, and so it's exactly what I talked to, that God, God always wants you back and welcome, me in, welcome you in, no matter what you've done. Uh, the last one, which I'm not sure why I got it, but I'll let you guys, it's Gregory the Terrible Eater. So... I'm assuming I was a terrible eater. We can, we can ask her later on, but this is very impactful, obviously, in my life. And so that is, that is just a brief glimpse of, of where my beginnings came from. So, but let's jump into Scripture. And so Mark uh, 6, 30-44, if you guys want to turn to that. And I'm going to read on the screen because I was afraid I wouldn't be able to read it up here because it's... I even brought my readers, but I'd have to, I was going to say I look like Kirk if I put these on. <laughs> so the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that we can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, you give them something to eat. They said, um, that would take more than a half year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give that to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? He asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said, five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. Now, this story is in all, all five Gospels, and one thing we've been talking about that we've been showing is a, uh, is a quote uh, that Brian's been showing. And so, discipleship is the intentional process of becoming like Jesus. It's being with him to learn from him how to live like him if he were me. And I want to I add, add a little piece to this, in that as we become more like Christ, as we become more like Jesus in that process, God also has a plan for us. And so we want to try to move into that plan 
that he has from us. And, and what I'm going to be talking about today is the pieces of, of how we move into that, um, into that plan. I kind, of, I kind of liken it to uh, putting our toes in water. And so I'm curious, anybody in here would jump in water without knowing the temperature first? I knew he would. Yeah, I knew they would because they're swimmers. We got a couple. So I'm going to call you out later and you're going to hear it. <laughs> but there's only two. I'm not that way either. And so I'm like putting my foot in, toe in. I'm like, all right, is it cold? Because I may not get in. Is it too hot? Because I don't want to be too hot either. And so I'm tipping in. And that's kind of what I've done with preaching. So it's, I have done this a little bit in student life. I've done it probably quite a bit in the armory, which the armory is a uh, young adult ministry. And so I do have some flavor for what this is. And so when I talk about, hey, how do we get to these next steps? How do we jump into the water and, and, and dump into, jump into stretching ourselves? It's, it doesn't mean you have to sit up here and preach, right? There's many different things that God might be leading you to. But those leadings are the stretch that we want to jump into. And so when we look at, I want to start with looking at Matthew 4.19. And so we've been talking in Mark about, you know, how God wants to shape us, right? And so in Matthew 4.19, he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I really wanted to touch on that word make. Because the differentiating thing would be uh, create. Because God, when he created the heavens and the earth, it was this quick thing. It was this, hey, the earth was made. Uh, the birds were made. It was this quick thing. And I started questioning, well, why doesn't God just, poof, create me, just make me who you want me to be? How come I got to go through all this work? But God has a design for this. He knows us best, right? It can't be this poof thing. Because that faith thing just wouldn't follow. And so that faith thing is this work process. And so we look at this making, this verb, is to form something by putting parts together, combining substances, construct, build, assemble, create. That is exactly what he wants to do with us, right? It's the clay, it's the potter. He's putting us and shaping us as we let him to make us, who he wants us to be, to step into something that's brand new. And the disciples were doing this when they went out in pairs, right? Jesus sent them out to learn. And in my fear, they had the same fear. They had to. It doesn't talk about that, but these were, a lot of these guys were fishermen, right? They were fishermen, and he's sending them out, and you know they're looking at one another going, uh, I don't know about this. I'm nervous about doing this. And that's me, and that's you guys too. And so this is for all of us, this shaping and this molding and this making. It's for each one of us. And that's what God wants for us, and that's why it's in here four times. It's in all four Gospels to show us what does that look like. And I've got three things that I want to show you that from my experience and what I'm getting from the Scripture from this verse that has boosted me from a, a lukewarm uh, walk to a stronger walk. I am still sitting up here a sinner, so let's not get any crazy ideas that I've, oh, I've hit the peak, no way. 
I'll never hit that. But as I walk, I'm getting there. And as I walk, and as the Spirit fills me, as I'm sitting up right, right now, that's the joy that we can have as we step into that. And so those three pieces are accepting God's daily provisions, it's stretching yourself into your new self, and it's living in your new identity. Those are the three pieces I really want to touch on. And so let's start with accepting God's daily provisions. And so when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. And so these people came from all around, and they came for many different reasons. You know, one of the reasons they probably came was to see a miracle. They heard about this Jesus guy, and they were like, I, I want to go see a miracle. Let's all go and see what he has to say. There were others that were looking for a savior. They, they heard of this man, and they were like, I hope he's the guy. I want him so badly to be that guy. And then you might have had others that were like the Pharisees that were quick to judge and to turn down what he had to say. And later on, we'll find out that Jesus actually condemns these two cities for seeing and not believing, and then praises those that believe without seeing. And so, as, as we look at these people, they, had, they got to see a miracle, and when we think about the miracles, I can't tell you how many different times in my life I've asked God to show up. And this is an instance, this is not a miracle of I, you know, praying for healing or anything like that, you know, because we want those miracles, right? But it's a miracle of, hey, I want you just to show up in front of me. Just show up in front of me, and my faith will be here. And that's kind of what the people wanted, right? When they went out to the shores to see that, I want to see that miracle so my faith will be here. But that's not God's design for us. It doesn't work like that, because it's this leaning that we need to continue to do into Christ. It's this continual leaning. And so the gap that they had, go ahead and go jump to the next slide, please, was not accepting their daily provisions, not continually leaning in. So in John 6, 26, 27, Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. And then 35, then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never thirst. And so... For them, it was a commitment problem. And if it was you and me, you know, if someone came to you and said, hey, I got, I got lunch for you today, but you can either have that, you can have that, and you can have lunch for a lifetime, all of us would question be like, all right, what, what, what's the whole lunch for a lifetime? I'll accept lunch for today, but what's the lifetime? And in, in Jesus, he wanted commitment. You know, he's asking us to die to ourselves, to give up everything that we think is good. And like, when I say good, I mean, oh, I have all these possessions, right? He's asking us to give those all up, and these people were unwilling to commit to that. that is, to them, that was too big of a commitment. 
But we need to understand that God will provide those provisions for us. And if we take a stance of repentance and humility in the provisions that he provides us, because it may not be what we think we need, but if we do it in a stance of humility, saying, I have no idea what I need because I'm broken. God, you just give it to me. If we do that, there's this thing called muscle memory, right? Where we, if you work something so many times, it just becomes second nature. And that's what I want to become is that in anything that I do, this is second nature for me that I'm leaning into God in any circumstance. Being, me being up here today and God, be here for me, please. I want to step into that. And he will, and I can feel it. The second piece that I want to talk to is stretching yourself and your identity. And so this is where we talk about the guys that will just jump straight into the water. So when God stretches us, he is not making us somebody we do not want to be. He is stretching us to be the person he created us to be. His desire is that we become whole, the complete person in Christ. And so that's us getting out of our comfort zones. If we feel a leading, if we're continually leading, leaning on Christ, we might be feel compelled to do something that is out of our comfort zone. For me, it was something simple as praying for somebody, which does not sound like, oh, this extreme thing for a guy that's sitting up on stage trying to teach. But it is. It's just like I can, it's just one of these things that uh, I don't want to pray in front of people. I might sound dumb, right? We've all been there. And so that's that, that's that stretch, that's that stretch of, you know, we've got to do that. We've got to be able to step into that for that muscle memory. And when we step into that out of our comfort zones, we feel God start showing up. And then we want that more and more and more, Right? I'm sitting up here today because I know the end result. The first result was me being nervous all week. Probably a longer week because I know I've had to do this for a month. (laughs) So it's been a long time. It's been a long wait. But I love the verse where he says, you. So if you remember, he's, he's getting ready to feed or... We, we should send the people away. The disciples are like, we should send the people away to get something to eat. And then we can rest. And Jesus says, you, you give them something to eat. Now, if I was there, my face would have been like, you're out of your mind. There's no way. There's 5,000 men here, not including women and children. Add on another 15,000. There's 20,000 people here. And Jesus is like, hey, you, you feed them. I'd have been like, oh, my face would have been awful. It would have been terrible. I mean, he'd have been so mad at me. I would have felt so guilty for so long just by the face I would have given him. But he said to him, um, that would take more than, or the disciples were saying, half a year's wages, and are we to go spend that much on bread? I mean, the sarcasm I would have said in that instance would have been just dripping with sarcasm. I'm like, you're crazy. I can't do that. But it, what was missing here for the disciples was that lean-in of accepting their daily provisions. It was that lean-in to God that they totally forgot about. And so, I, 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 I can't do that. I can't, 
I don't know what you're talking about. I don't Who do we not consult? I mean, the disciples were there. I mean, they were learning, right? And that's discipleship because we need to learn to consult the guy that's the creator of the heaven and the earth. That's the guy who we should consult, right? So we lean into him, and they should have leaned into him. And what this does when Jesus shows them this, like how to do it, it forces them to depend on God. It forces that. And so that's what we want to do. We want to consult God first before we step into something brand new. But he wants you to jump. Just, hey, talk to me first. I'll let you know how warm or cold the water is. How about that? So if we move on to the last piece, was it the third piece, living in your new identity? This, this one struck me almost the most, though, and so I love the idea of stretching myself. But, and he had compassion on them all. I threw in the word all. That's why I don't know if it was right to put in little things, but all. Because they were like sheep without a shepherd, so he began teaching them many things. To be clear, he didn't care where they come from. He didn't care about their background. He didn't care what they believed. He didn't care if they were going to judge him. He accepted them all. And I know in, in my past, and, and even now, I can be judgmental as far as who I think should be, I should talk to, who I think should, I should pray for. And that is totally wrong on my side. And to give you a brief example, I'm going to touch on... This week has been crazy with political ads and how negative, just nonstop political ads, the negativity that's just surrounding that. But they know, they know people identify with one or the other. And so I had to look and see, okay, in Roman time, what political parties were in Roman time? And so here's what I come up with. One was, and I'm going to say this wrong, but optimate party in Greek, which means the best ones. How could you not vote for the best ones? I mean, it's got to be the best name ever, the optimist. Hey, we're the best ones. You can vote for me. And then the other side of it was the populars party. Oh, I don't know which one to vote for now. I mean, the popular ones, I want to go for the best ones. You never hear about that stuff with Jesus, though. He's like, he doesn't send half the crowd away because of the populars or half the crowd away from their because they're optimists or the best ones. He doesn't care about that stuff because his identity was in God. Our identity, our first identity needs to be with Jesus Christ. We're not part of the optimist party. We're not part of the popular party. And to be clear, it's important for you to vote. That's not what I'm saying. But when you identify as who you're voting for, that's not what God wants. God wants you to identify with Jesus Christ. That's who we want to become, to move into what, who God created us to be. And when we live in that new identity, I think of the disciples that were, that were stepping into theirs and how much they were learning Their faith in God would provide new things. So if you could jump to the next slide. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. 
Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. And so in this instance, Jesus does the right thing. He consults God and says, step into this. The disciples are seeing this, and they are following what that would mean. And so when they're stepping into this, last week when they were talking about the disciples going out in pairs, when they came back, they came back with excitement. When you read the verse, it's, and I didn't put it up here, but it lends me to believe that they went out scared. But when they came back, they felt it just like I'm going to feel today. They came back excited, and you know what I did? You know what I seen? It was awesome. And that's what I want for you guys. That's what I want for all of you guys. So if we jump to the next slide, this is, I'm just going to do a recap and kind of where, where I've been in my life. And so the first one, accepting God's daily provisions. You know, this was definitely a learning one for me. And the biggest piece for me where I was able to leap this hurdle was joining small groups, whether it be a men's group or small groups, but it's joining those small groups, but stretching myself into becoming known. What that means is this dark stuff that I was showing up with that I didn't want to see. Stacey talked about it this week. It was Hey, it's fun, Dave. Let's, not, let's stay in the shallow end. Nobody wants to see this stuff. But that's all it is. is it's just a, a shallow friendship. And I'm not trying to call anybody out as far as if you haven't done that. I'm truly not. But that's what it was for me. The thing is, people want to know you. And this stuff... This is how you get rid of it, is being known and bringing it out for accountability, for people to see. This is when it becomes known. And these people that I shared this with, and it was a stretch. It is hard to say, this is who I am. Because I always felt like I was on an island by myself. Like, nobody else has this stuff that I'm dealing with. I mean, everybody here in church, all of you guys are good. You know, when you walk in the doors, they all got it together. I'm the only guy. That's the enemy talking, though, right? We all want to be known. We're all broken. And this stuff that I've been hiding from you and God, now I'm sharing it. And it's not holding me on any me anymore. These chains, it's gone. And I'm not saying I'm not a sinner or this stuff doesn't rise up, but that's what the big leap for me is the small groups, the accountability, and becoming known in those. Becoming absolutely known, even though it's scary, becoming known. They will absolutely love you more than if you don't. The second piece was stretching. The biggest piece for me was uh, the armory, which is a young adult group, and we actually, we did a lot of stretching. And so this was, I told you about, uh, well, C.J. Fisher, who's, who's left like uh, a month ago now. But him and I would, would stretch ourselves, and he was the guy that was the stretcher, right? He would be like, hey, let's walk around Morton and see who we need to pray for. And I'm like, I don't know about that. Who's, who's God leading us to? I don't, I don't know. Peoria, let's go to Chicago and just walk around and see who's God. Man, that wasn't me. That was uncomfortable for me. Even sitting in, even sitting in a uh, steak and shake, there was a server that was coming by, and 
she looked fine and normal. She was happy. And, and all of a sudden, CJ's like, hey, we should go pray for her. Like, what? I'm, I feel led that we should go pray for her. I'm like, oh, man. Okay, let's do it. Hey, can we pray for you? She broke down in tears. Her mom had just got in, went in the hospital for something serious. She wasn't showing any signs that anything was wrong. So I'm not, don't think that she was crying in the background. We saw her and we knew she needed to get. CJ had practiced leaning into that continually. He knew it. And so he led into that. And how many generations have that might have impacted for this girl? How many generations? Generations and generations being prayed over. Feeling God touch her. I can't believe you did that, that God reached out. Hey, it was God. I can't believe you did that for me. Generations, generations, generations. We think, and that was a small thing. This is just a small book, right? But that was huge. That was huge for me. And then the, the discipleship with Kirk, you know, it helped shape me into be able to disciple better. Uh, being an elder, be able to see the vision of the church better. These are all things that have leveled me up and boosted me up in my walk. And then living in my new identity. And so when I live in my new identity, the periphery stuff of things that are going on in my life get way easier, is what I found. You know, that, that driver that's going super slow and I need to get somewhere really fast? It doesn't bother me as much because it comes to me almost immediately like, God loves them. Like, oh, man, why are you convicting me? (laughs) It's like, okay, they're super safe. Go. (laughs) So, but life, life doesn't have to be that hard. And you can have joy. And the other piece to doing all of this is that I need you. This is new life stepping in and making me who I am. With God, of course, right? But these are new life people that are doing this. I need you to step into it. Whatever that may be. And you might already be there. You might already be right where you want to be and you, and you feel God's calling. Absolutely awesome. That is so awesome. I, I'm so happy for you. The people that aren't quite there yet, I so encourage you to, to do this. And step into what God has planned you because I need you. My family needs you. Absolutely. So we go to this last quote. When Christians are willing to offer their lives sacrificially and giving back what God is giving them in terms of time, money, talent, God will use these ordinary things and create extraordinary things. It doesn't have to be this, this big parade. It's the little things that add up. And it's you stepping out, out of, a little bit out of your comfort zone, testing the water, and then jumping in. I would love to hear if you have something on your heart, that if something has come up today that you're like, I have a leading, I want to do this, I just haven't had time, but I, I want to do this. Can you email me, Lloyd at newlifeonline.org, write that down, because I really do want to hear from you. And this is... I just want to hear it and see where we're headed because new life, we're heading in a brand new direction. 
and I want to gear up for the direction that God is sending me to. Would you stand with us this morning as we close our worship service with a song? Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me in his love for me. Oh, his love for me. Who the sun sets free. Oh, is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I has ransomed me his grace runs deep while I was a slave to sin Jesus died for me yes he died Chosen, not forsaken. 
Washington and Morton are becoming one. We're merging into one campus here in Morton, and we're, we're launching on a new journey. So just a reminder, be prayerful as we head into next week. Also be cognizant um, that, as Pastor Brian said, there's a range of emotions out there. Um, so just be, just be very thoughtful and, and, and discerning as, as, we, as we welcome them in, but at the same time, they're welcoming us, and we're all one in Christ Jesus, as Galatians 3.28 says. So Please just keep in mind that it's, they are new life. It's not that they're coming back to, back to us. It's that we're all moving forward together. And we need them just as much as they need us. Um, and as Dave said, our identity isn't where we're from even. It's part of us. But our greater identity is that we're all one in Christ Jesus. So um, let's just, as we move through the week, just really be pressing into the Lord and praying that, um, that uh, this goes super well. And it's okay. There's a range of emotions, but I feel like at this point in time, it's okay. Let's just go ahead and be excited. This is going to be well, this is going to be awesome. So, in that again, be be let's be sensitive and discerning and mature in the Lord about how we how we interact. But at the same time, let's know that this is what God has for us, and it's going to be wonderful. So we'll pray and then we'll dismiss. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for Dave. Thank you for um, letting him him preach, just guided by your Spirit this morning. Um, we just pray over our church, Father. Be our God. We'll be your people. We stand here abandoned to your will, falling before your throne, just saying, Father, what do you have for us in this new season as we move forward? Please let us step into it, Father, with excitement and grace and humility before you. Um, we come. We come willing to serve. And we don't come with, with our gifts or our talents. We just come surrender to you, Jesus, as a body and as individuals. 
So Father, let us go out this week um, just feeling your presence and let, it, let us come back next week um, excited and ready to go and ready to move into the things that you have for us, Jesus. Um, just breathe a new life into us. Breathe revival into our, into our body here, a new life. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.